If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show. Time to take a break from your fast-paced life. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we choose a theme and explore different stories, skills, and songs to help you deal with the cluster cuss that is life and the ongoing stress of the pandemic. On today's episode, slow the fuck down with doubting your worth. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. By the end of the episode, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. Now, doubting your worth is a topic that is very close, I guess too close to my own heart. (laughs) And doubting your worth can be so hard to overcome because it's a trap. It's so sneaky. You don't even know you're doing it when you're doing it. And when you doubt your worth, you do things like you eat a whole bunch of crappy food every day. You stay in abusive relationships. You settle for low pay. You distract yourself by focusing on other people's problems. And you can't really imagine that you deserve to be truly happy. So you don't even really give yourself what you want and need. So unless you slow down enough to realize that you're doubting your worth, you just keep doing it. So if you're having trouble with truly standing strong in your value and your worth, we dedicate today's show to you. And, and, you know, doubting your worth, it's not only personal. There is a societal aspect to it because there's this message that we get in this patriarchal society as women, as people of color, that you're a second-class citizen and we internalize that message and keep living it out within our own mind within the situations we create in our life and that's why i said it's a trap because this internal feeling gets reinforced by the outside the outer world reinforces it on the inside in my life and my personal process i've really come to see the physical health, financial, mental health, relational trap that you can get into when you doubt your own self-worth. The Dove Self-Esteem Fund states that seven in 10 girls believe they are not good enough or do not measure up in some way, including their looks, performance in school, and relationship with family and friends. They also go on to say that 74% of girls say they are under pressure to please everyone. People pleasing among women is an epidemic in our society, there's no doubt. And I've been very guilty of that myself. I remember people pleasing since I was a baby. My mom told me that she didn't have to punish me when I was little because if I did something wrong, I would put myself in a corner of our dining room that I called the naughty corner and I'd cry on my dog. And she was like, I barely ever had to scold you growing up because you already were scolding yourself. Yeah, it starts at a young age. I just caught myself last night. I had two of my dear friends over and I found myself obsessing about cleaning everything. And I was finding myself really falling into that people-pleasing rabbit hole of coming up with every possible scenario that could occur when I have company and being hard on myself trying to prepare for all of it. So I'm cleaning like crazy, but inside I'm feeling like no matter what I do, it's never going to be enough. 
Yeah, when I tap into the sensations in my body of doubting my worth, I feel this pressure below the pit of my throat. It feels like a, a hole that has pressure inside of it, and it keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. It's a really uncomfortable sensation. And what accompanies that sensation is this constant low-level anxiety, like the other shoe's going to drop it any second. That sensation and that low-level anxiety were my constant companions, even after years of therapy, until I really started working the trauma out of my system with the nonlinear movement method. What does the sensation of doubting your worth feel like in your body, Casey? When I just heard you talk about the consistent low-grade anxiety, that was something I only recently, you know, tuned into not not too long ago when it comes to how I feel when I am doubting my self-worth that I didn't realize was there. So for me, I find when I feel into my body, there's like a, almost feels like there's a hard ball in the back of my throat. My jaw gets tight. There's pressure on my temples. Like my mind is going so fast that it's overworking itself. What is your mind thinking? Is it a specific thought? It's almost like if there was a switch that had three different levels and there was past, present, and future, it's like someone hit the switch to future and I can't bring it back to present. My mind is just fixated on all the bad things that could happen in the future. Right. Yeah. Which is very different than doing conscious manifestation and thinking about all the fun things that could happen in the future, like my trip to Edinburgh next year. Yeah. It's a perseverating on the scary, negative, bad things that could happen in the future. I totally get it. What was interesting yesterday is at some point I paused, took a breath and was like, <sighs> and realized how I was feeling. I felt that that low level of anxiety. I felt the tiredness of my mind. And I was like, oh, and it was at that moment that I was able to take that switch and flip it from future to present. And was just like, <sighs> and I was like, oh, and then I realized I was like, this is ridiculous. Like you were worrying about things that are not worth taking away from your peace of mind right now. It's that thing, right? In this specific example, clean your house for company from this place of like love and respect and beauty and honoring your friends or from the neurotic place that you were in. <laughs> Seeing every fault and tearing yourself down. And right? You got yourself out of the trap and that's awesome. And it was that worthiness, like, wait a second, I'm worth having peace of mind. I love that. I'm worth having peace of mind. And it's interesting. We're coming at this today from the example of the inner world first. And, you know, the easiest ways to see how doubting your worth is playing out in your life is by the physical world, you know, by what's around you, by your living situation, what you put yourself through, your comfort level, your relationship and how that plays out because your physical world is a reflection of what's going on inside of you. And you don't give yourself what you want when you feel like you don't deserve it, even if you really need it. 
Yeah. And then when you do spend money on yourself, you feel really guilty about it, right? Like it's like the massage therapist who never gets a massage or like I didn't go to the doctor for a long time. You know, part of that was so low self-worth and part of that was denial. And part of it was not wanting to deal with insurance and medical system because I had never done it before. But if my level of worth was higher those years ago, and if I had the ability to love myself more, it would have been easier to get myself to a doctor. I know that when I started really shifting from doubting my worth to owning my worth, that's when I got the courage and confidence and energy to make some really big changes in my life. So like, I always felt like something was seriously wrong with me. I was so scared that no one would ever love me. And this led me to get into not such great relationships, because, you know, if you don't value yourself, you attract people who don't value you either. And that's exactly what I did. And that self-doubt actually leads to a cognitive decline because it impairs your ability to think clearly. If you are constantly undermining how you think about yourself, it clouds your thoughts. I remember being in an unhealthy relationship and all of the discernment and rational thoughts that I would normally think just totally went out the window because I was riddled with self-doubt, right? And and I and in that particular relationship was somebody who was highly skilled at gaslighting as if there's not enough self-doubt in society and as if we aren't hard enough on ourselves about it. You enter into a relationship with someone who is skilled at gaslighting and it really takes it to a whole nother level. Right. For our slowdown fans who don't know what gaslighting means, it's when the other person speaks and behaves in a way that intentionally makes you doubt yourself and think that you are going crazy. <laughs> so they'll do things like, I'll, I'll use examples for my ex-husband. <laughs> I would wake up and he would be gone. And this is pre-cell phones. And he would be gone for three days. And I'd have no idea where he was, no contact. And then he'd come home and he'd say things like, oh, well, I mean, I told you that I was going to go on retreat. And he never told me that he was going to go on retreat. And he used to do shit like that all of the time. And so my self-worth was so low that I would just be like, oh, 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 I, I guess, I guess you didn't. I forgot as if I'd forget that my husband was going to go away for three days. Right. But I was trying so hard to be a people pleaser and to be loving or what I thought was loving and compassionate. But that gaslighting he did would just really fuel and fill me with doubt. Some people know how to hook onto that energy frequency of doubt and doubting your worth and just completely exploit you and exploit your love and compassion and care. So yeah, my, my, my cognitive decline was real on that for sure. Cause I lost my discernment. I'm so much more in touch with my worth now that I don't let things like that happen. Like no one could gaslight me now. Right. And so, you know, slow down fans. If you are finding yourself in that, in a similar situation where you're like, oh yeah, I can really relate to that know that there is an actual cognitive decline that can that can accompany that and don't be so hard on yourself yeah seriously i mean you know casey and i are freaking geniuses and we did it <laughs> <laughs> well and and as you mentioned in the beginning too like 
the self-doubt, it's, it's literally an onion. There are so many different layers and there's so many different ways that it can sneak in. So even with high self-awareness and even with practice skills, like it still sneaks in like it did yesterday when I was neurotically cleaning my house. Right. Or like with you, I'll feel like, oh, Casey's been doing a lot for the podcast and I'm not doing enough. And then I feel the same thing. I'm like, oh, Elizabeth's been doing the editing. I need to be doing more in marketing. And so sneaky. It's very, very sneaky. It's very sneaky. <laughs> and another way it can show up in your life is when you settle for getting paid less than you're worth. So we know that societally, women and people of color get paid much less than white men. Yeah, according to the Bureau of Statistics in 2021, women earned 82 cents for every dollar earned by men. Yeah, according to the National Women's Law Center, based on the U.S. Census Bureau, Black women who work full-time year-round were paid only 63 cents for every dollar paid to a white man. That's that societal, racist, sexist bullshit I was talking about at the beginning that has that message that certain people have less value and we internalize it. What I'm talking about, Casey and I can help you with, is increasing your worth from the inside. When I first started doing massage about 30 years ago, I would charge my friends only $25 for a massage. And I had a few really regular friends who got massage from me until one day when one of them said, you know, Elizabeth, I love your massages, but I'm not going to come to you anymore because you charge too little and I feel bad. You have to charge me more. You have to charge everybody more. And that's one of my most standout memories <laughs> around getting paid fairly and really charging my worth. And it was hard. I remember crying. I remember totally freaking out. And she was so strong. She was so adamant. That was really challenging for me to overcome. So while we are also doing the things in our society to close the wage gap and to make payment more equitable, we also need to do this inner world work of raising our own worth from the inside out. It's a both and, outside in and inside out. We can't leave either aspect out or we don't support that prosperity consciousness within us Outer world and inner world changes are the way that we move forward, connected to our worth and power. Yeah, I work too hard for too little money in a lot of my jobs. But the one that comes to mind is when I was substitute teaching, trying to get a full-time teaching job, I was paid for, you know, your your standard seven, eight-hour workday. But what they ended up doing was tacking on bus duty and chaperoning extracurricular activities. And then they asked me to be a coach. And so those seven, eight-hour days ended up being 11, 12 hour days when all was said and done. Did they pay you more? No, it was part of being a newbie and that whole initiation of like, well, you're new, low man on the totem pole. Like, so I was getting paid for a seven, eight hour day and I was working 11 and 12 hours. They've got you by the short and curlies because your survival depends on you having the job. So without the job, you're even more screwed. And then we get into this terrifying cycle, again, a trap of doubting our own work, allows us to stay in these horrible situations because our survival can depend on it. It's intense. I mean, it, it's, it's serious shit. 
I get so mad. I get so fucking pissed because poverty is such a huge problem and it doesn't have to be that way. It's an overcomable problem. And Casey and I wish we could fix all the world's problems. <laughs> With our one podcast. It is frustrating not to be able to fix racism, sexism, and pay inequality. Just want to wave a magic wand. So I have had a lifetime full of employer-based jobs. I've worked in retail. I was a waitress. I was a camp counselor. I was a public school teacher. I worked in corporate America. And then I decided that I was going to start my own business and become an entrepreneur. And what's unique about what I sell is I sell transformation and that's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a healthy sensuality coach and I get my clients amazing results, but it is an invisible product that they are saying yes to. And it's not like I'm selling Tupperware, you know, where the Tupperware is the product and there is another company manufacturing it because I do what I do. I am also included in part of that decision-making, how I present myself, the energy that I give off, how I feel about my own work, all factor into whether or not I have a successful business. And so that shift for me has been just like walking in front of a self-worth mirror and staring at it and being like, oh, damn, you know, because oh, I've been on my my uh, personal growth path for over 15 years now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a great job. And then I start my own business and I'm like, wow, every nook and cranny that low self-worth was hiding in had to be exposed and has been. And, and I'm ultimately super grateful for it because wow, but you can't hide. And so I have endless empathy for this topic and zero judgment because it's so multi-layered. I remember one of the best coaching calls that I ever had was with this woman who came to me and she said that she wasn't feeling confident at all in the bedroom and with her partner and in her relationship. And it was just really messing with her self-worth, how she viewed herself. She had gained weight and went to the doctor and the doctor told her, he's not really sure, but he thinks that she might have Hashimoto's disease. And I remember on that call asking her, well, are there any areas in your life that you do feel confident and that you do feel like that sense of worthiness. And she paused and she was like, yeah, actually at work. And I was like, tell me more about that. And she's like, I'm manager of this company. I do a really, really good job. I'm like, good. Tell me more about how. And she's like, well, my employees love me. I have turned the program around and she gave me some stats on how she's like literally helped save this company and turn it around. And as she's talking, her body position is going from small and contracted in and she's just expanding and her spine's getting taller and taller and taller and her voice is getting louder and she's getting more speaking from the heart and speaking from conviction. And I just let her go on and I'm talking about how amazing she is at work and how that confidence and that worth is there. And at the end of it, she just like stopped and looked at me and I was like, yeah, whatever that is, <laughs> it's like, it's already there. It's already there. You could see it click in her mind when she realized that this hardship that she had placed on herself of not being worthy or not being able to be confident in her partnership, it was all already there. It was just in a different form. And so then all we had 
to do was take that and apply it to her intimacy, weave that in. And within six weeks, she messaged me and she's like, I'm down 30 pounds. The doctor said all of my Hashimoto symptoms went away and my love life is better than it ever has been. That story is awesome, Casey. You can see all of the different ways from all of our examples, how doubting your worth affects your money, your health, your relationships, your career. So we really want you to see how doubting your worth affects all of these different aspects of your life and how owning your worth will help you improve every single area of your life. And even hearing myself share that story, it's just look at how huge her transformation was. And I, I often wonder about my clients that um, I lose touch with after a while, but it just like, where would she be right now if she didn't invest in herself to work with me? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, there's a few clients I think of the ones who got away, right? That would have been a perfect fit for my happy woman program. And, and it's funny because it's years ago and I still think about them too. Like, oh, I wonder how they are. I wonder where they are. I wonder what's happened to them because I knew that I could have helped them and they didn't want to invest that money in themselves. They doubted their worth so much. They just couldn't imagine giving that to themselves. And that is the lock that doubting your worth puts in your way. I mean, I've done it. I've been on both ends of that. Mm -hmm. Well, the best coaches hire coaches, the best teachers seek teachers, the best healers invest in healers, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and you know, we're not talking about not being able to afford something. Like if you really honest to God don't have the money, that's a different thing. And listen to our episode on slow the F down with poverty consciousness, because we talk about the inner world shifts that Casey and I have both made and keep making to increase our prosperity consciousness inside of us, which in turn has brought us more money in the physical world. So there's a whole inner world, outer world process that goes on with that. What we're talking about here is that there is a way for you to give yourself what you need, but you just can't let yourself have it. I remember I was in my old job for almost nine years and the first half I felt satisfied. The second half, I was just not at all. I knew deep down that there was another avenue that I was wanting to explore. And I found this holistic stress management coaching certification and it was like $775. And I remember thinking, oh, no way, that's way too much money. I can't do that. And I went back and forth with it for a while. And finally saying yes to that was huge at the time. And so once I said yes to that and I took the certification and I experienced how good it felt, I was able to use that momentum and bring it forward towards investing into other things. And then when I realized that I was worthy of investing in myself and, and gaining this new knowledge and holistic stress management and how much better of a coach it made me, I came across this love, sex and relationship coaching certification. And it was like, it was like that first one is kind of like nudged the door opener, but like, like you could do this. It's a little uncomfortable. And then this one came into my lap. And you know how you just read something, Elizabeth, and you're just like, you know, inside it just like it lights you up, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it kind of gives you that like, oh, shit type feeling. When I opened Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan and read the 
first paragraph, which is healing is remembering that you are already whole. I swear to you, everything got illuminated for my maybe first time had a light bulb moment where everything actually got brighter. And my thought was, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. That's incredible. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so my experience was I saw that email love, sex and relationship coaching certification. And it just was like a this magnetic draw to it. And then the first thing that came up was my thoughts that was like, Oh, well, you're too busy and you can't afford this. And here's all the reasons you can't have what you want. And you're not worthy of this. And then I scrolled past it. And then this inner knowing was like, go back. <laughs> it was this like deep, like, rah, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I remember I went back and I clicked on it and I looked at it. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm reading down through this description. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. It was like someone had been reading my thoughts. And then I saw the price. What was the price? $12,000. My car was $12,000. The sticker shock was absolutely there because it was a lot more money than I was expecting it to be. And even though I, I had that that total sticker shock, there was still that like deeper, wiser part of myself that knew that I had to do this. And I honestly didn't know how I was going to pay for that, but I just trusted it. I trusted it in the way that it all unfolded was just divine. And I've heard people say similar things to that, like, oh, just trust it. And then it's just like, it works out and the universe finds a way, but it literally did. Yeah, I've, I've had that exact same thing happen first was with massage school. I was in my 20s. I'd been working since I was 11 and supporting myself since I was 16. And so I was just in this constant survival mode, you know? And so then by the time I got into my 20s and was like, Jesus, what, what am I doing with my life? I didn't have purpose or direction. And I'd always known I wanted to help people. So I started, you know, just like looking around and I thought, well, I go to a chiropractor. Maybe I could become a chiropractor. I think I'd be good at that. So I asked my chiropractor, how long is chiropractor school and that's when I learned oh you have to go to medical school and then you go to chiropractic school I was like oh and I honestly there was I so couldn't fathom dedicating myself to something for eight years in order to then do it for the rest of my life I couldn't imagine spending that kind of money on myself and coming up with that money it's like I had nowhere in my brain to put that information and then through an amazing story and series of events the prospect of neuromuscular therapy school came up and I happened to live down the street from the number one ranked neuromuscular therapy school in America at the time. So I went in there to talk to like a guidance counselor type person about joining it. And you know, at this time I'd never had therapy. I didn't know I had PTSD, but I was totally suffering from it. And my self-esteem was so low and him telling me that it was seven grand for the year. And I was flabbergasted, right? Total sticker shock like you had. And I just sat there and cried because I could not imagine giving that to myself. I couldn't imagine coming up with that money. And I don't know how or why, but that guy met with me three times. He just kept building my worth. He just kept telling me that I could do it, that I was worth it. I think about him a lot because he didn't have to do that. And then I joined and like you, not really knowing how I was gonna pay for it. And I just hunkered down. I just worked my ass off. I had six months before school started and I'd never made 7,000 extra dollars in my life. Like I was always the person digging change out of the couch cushions to go to the grocery store. And I paid for it before I started school. 
And then the week I finished massage school was when I had that awakening with Barbara Brennan's book and knowing that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And that took me two years to save up for the first year and went there for four years. So then I, I had to do it every year, right? I had to make an extra 10 grand every year and did it. And then when the teacher training for nonlinear movement method came up, I got that 100% yes. It was going to be altogether six grand. I had no idea where I was going to get the money, but everything in me was yes. And I was just like, oh, well, fuck it. That's what credit cards are for. I felt really, really, really nervous and really anxious. I actually took a week before pressing the button. And then as soon as I pressed the button to sign up for the course, I felt such relief. It was like I lost a thousand pounds. And I just knew that it was an alignment. I knew it was the right thing to do and had no clue where the money was going to come from. And five days later, a client said to me, I want to buy a year of massages for my mom. And I'm just going to pay in advance now. How much would that be? And I just said, out of the blue. I was just like $6,000. <laughs> and they were like, okay, and wrote me a check. When I was learning how to become a speaker, that program was $20,000 for the first year. I couldn't even fucking fathom investing that much in myself. And everything in me was a yes. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. And that money magically appeared too, which is hard to believe. Same with fucking Z Health. Oh my God. Same fucking thing. That was 10 grand. Didn't know how I was going to pay for that. Boom, out of the blue. So that's what that raising your inner self-worth, raising your prosperity consciousness and all this crazy shit can happen. I can feel my, my face getting red right now <laughs> because so much energy is moving through me talking about this. And I'm seeing how far I've come along that path from doubting my worth to owning my worth. And I also feel super aware of like the little nooks and crannies of worth that are still working themselves through my system. You know, the last part of the nonlinear movement method is feeling that what you want to create on the earth is already here. It's already in physical form and how would you feel how would you move if it was already here and i've done that hundreds of times and every time i do it i feel like it fills that well of worthlessness you know that can come in and undermine you and allowing yourself to feel that you have what you want whether it's an object or an education or a love in your life or an emotion even allowing yourself to feel worthy it rings that energetic bell inside of you and that energy frequency grows stronger and stronger but it's just like anything it takes practice it takes support because when you grow up feeling <laughs> as worthless as I did, it takes a lot of practice to be able to truly own, radiate, and stand in your worth. And it takes a lot of love. So I have that same experience of feeling that alignment, doing what I need to do inside of myself to up the self-worth, giving myself what I really want, really need, and having it magically, freakishly work out. Wow. Wow. I was really listening with my heart and what you just shared. And you were talking about how feeling your worthiness and raising your prosperity consciousness requires support and practice. And I felt those two words in my whole body because I think that they are integral pieces of that equation. When I think of the love school and this love yourself program that we've created, we give practical skills so that you can practice this and you can practice it in a supportive environment. And I really think that that's, that that's everything because when you don't know how 
to love yourself more or increase your your feeling of worthiness. It's like, what do I even do? And we're teaching you practical skills to do that. And then when you start to try those skills on, what happens is a lot of the stuff that was holding you back, a lot of those thoughts or those those beliefs that have been holding you back from feeling worthy in the first place start to come up. And then, you know, there's this tendency to want to run away or or retreat or freeze, you know, one of the one of the stress responses. And that is when you need the support. That is where the support comes in. And so we created this course so that you can feel held, not only in the moments where we celebrate you and you feel amazing, but also in those those really tiny, delicate, intricate moments where something's coming up and it's scary, but you get to feel that feeling and be held in that process and experience what it's like to move through and be held in the discomfort, which is which is part of this, is part of learning how to love yourself deeper. Yeah, without running away, without beating yourself up, without getting into a fight, without freezing and shutting down or numbing out. And that even if all of those feelings come up to be held, be loved and move through those sensations too. So you can reclaim your wholeness, your open heartedness, your ability to be the most secure, confident and loving version of yourself. So go to the love.school. That's not the loveschool.com. It's the love.school and read that page and feel it. Feel if it lights you up inside and and if it's the thing you've been waiting for and then just click that enroll button and give this gorgeous gift to yourself. And it's a lot less than any of the stuff we've been talking about today. Like way less. <laughs> yeah. And you're getting four months of coaching yeah. from both of us. At the same time. So it's kind of a big deal. And free NLMM classes and and two tickets to a virtual retreat, one for you and one for your girlfriend. And we only have a few spaces left. So if you are listening to this and you're hearing yes, yes, and you're nodding your head, go over and enroll today. We promise four months from now, you will be thanking yourself for making that decision. So next up is your slowdown interview, followed by your slowdown skills and slowdown song right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, slowdown fam. It's me, Mother Nature. I know my work, even if you humans don't value me as much as I value myself. I know every single part of me is valuable and all of my parts know how to work together in harmony to thrive. I've existed for 4.5 billion years, and if humans were more like me and saw yourselves as a giant organism made up of valuable parts, you'd all be thriving too. Thank you, Mother Nature. And now for our slow down interview. We are so honored to have with us today, Sergeant Tiffany Klein Costa. She is the Sergeant of the Community Engagement Office for Pittsburgh Bureau of Police and is responsible for coordinating and supporting police community relationship building throughout the whole city. Prior to becoming a police officer, Tiffany was a teacher and worked in community development. She also served as an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer, working to establish and maintain a multi-generational community center in an underserved neighborhood. Tiffany holds a BA in dance and history from Oberlin College and an MED in special education from Slippery Rock University. 
welcome Sergeant Tiffany Klein Costa to Slow the F Down Show. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. You have one of the most diverse backgrounds of anyone I've ever talked to in my life. It's amazing. I was like, I was dancing when I was BA in dance. <laughs> I read all of that and I think, I don't know if this woman knows how to slow down. I have a very busy schedule most, most of the time, but I really appreciate slowing down and I focus on it every day. Do you have a story? It can either be a personal story, a professional story about how slowing down has helped you. So the first thing that pops into my mind is that um, every year for like the last 10 years, my aunt and I have this game where we try to read 52 books a year. So one book per week. And yeah, and last year, I actually accomplished that goal. Um, I've been close before, but last year I went over and above um, 52, and I'm really excited about that because I think um, for me, slowing down, I slow down every day by stopping, sitting still, and spending some time reading. I end my day with a book every day. I also like to start my day slowing down with a crossword puzzle. So I've got like this bookend to my day of some cerebral alone time. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I often tell people that you can schedule your slowdown time. You can schedule what I call B breaks, <laughs> where even if you're just like, you're going to sit down and read a little bit, you're going to have a cup of tea. So I love that you've built a way that works for you and your life to slow down. Yes. So I, I mean, I think a little bit of it is like escape because you get when you're reading a really good book, um, you're leaving your own space and entering into that that literature, right? So um, I think sometimes I'm like, hmm, am I running away? But then other times I think, well, this is really important time to just sit and be. Um, so every day that is part of my practice. It's so healthy. It's nice to hear that someone that functions at such a high level as you knows the importance of giving yourself that me time. Yeah, you have to. Whenever your daily schedule is so intense that you're running from one location to the next or logging in from one Zoom meeting to the next. And then on top of work, uh, I have three children and I'm you know, always shuffling and managing their schedule and time. Um, so it's really important to slow down and, and take some time to be. Yeah. Thank you for giving that advice to our slowdown fans. I feel like you're really backing us up. Sergeant Klein Costa has our back. And you know what I love too is, you know, Elizabeth and I have been doing this podcast for a while and reading a book is such a simple way to slow down. And I'm not even sure if we've ever mentioned that. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, how did we miss that? I know. I read every single night before I fall asleep. That's my thing. Do you have a favorite book that you want to suggest? I rank them. So if I have like favorites, I put certain numbers of stars next to them. Last year, I started adding in a lot more nonfiction. Well, I read Becoming by Michelle Obama. That got lost stars. It was intense. It was really intense. I cried through the whole thing. Well, a couple fiction books that I loved were Bel Canto by Ann Patchett. Really good. Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. I have a Sylvia Plath book next to my bed right now. <laughs> I just read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn and I thought that was incredible. Yeah, that's a beautiful book. Um, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Really good. And The Shadows Took Him by Daniel Chacon. That was really good. Oh, and my favorite nonfiction book from last year was Chasing the Scream by Johan Hari. 
Oh, that sounds intense. We'll peek into my reading list. Yeah. Well, I was I was curious too, since you've a bachelor's in in dance from Slippery Rock. I went there, by the way. Alumni. Oh, that my master's is from Slippery Rock. My bachelor's is from Oberlin. Do it. I have a master's from Slippery Rock as well. That's incredible. I thought Slippery Rock's education department, their school of ed was so impressive. I had to do post-baccalaureate work there too um, to prep for the master's program and all of it was just incredible. I even did a, the student teaching international program and got to go live in Mexico City um, and teach there, which was incredible. I did the same thing, went to Ireland. So I taught in Ireland. Oh, cool. Uh, I love I love all the connections. Yeah, it's, that's how Pittsburgh is. It is, right? It's it's so Pittsburgh. With your BA in dance, I imagine music is something that you enjoy. So do you have a, a favorite song that kind of helps you slow down? I have a favorite artist. Can I do that? Yeah. Speaking of Oberlin, he was a, a Oberlin student at the same time as me. Josh Ritter, like a folk songwriter, performer, just absolutely incredible. Um, it would be very hard for me to pick a favorite song by him but i have a whole playlist and he's just incredible Ooh, i wrote it down i have to check i have to check him out i don't think i've heard of him before fantastic i'm, I'm glad music is so important to us and it really helps your biorhythms and just helps you to ah, slow down and let go a bit mm -hmm. agreed i have one more tidbit i would love to share this is my favorite new practice that I just added to my life. When I go to a grocery store or any kind of retail space, I always pick the longest line and dedicate myself to standing there in that space because I feel like everyone is so rushed, you know, and then you've gotten the shortest line and your expectations are that you're going to be through there fast. And then if that doesn't happen, you start to get frustrated, right? So you create this situation where your expectations are not realistic for yourself. And then that can change your entire mood or outlook on the day. So I've since decided to pick the longest line and be there, stand in that space, stand still for a little bit and enjoy that opportunity to be still. And it's changed my whole perspective on retail space, which I usually hate, but it also it's keeping your expectations in check and taking time to like keep your perspective in check too. When I tell people that they think I'm a little bit bonkers, but I do think that it is a great way to slow yourself down. Yeah, yes. You know, we give slowdown skills in this show. That's a slowdown hack. Yeah, I just realized one day I was at a giant eagle on the north side and I was, of course, in a hurry. And I was like, you know what? No, just stand still. Take this time to be still and it's okay. You don't have to be on your phone. You don't have to be frustrated. Just stand still. I think everybody around you really appreciates that too, you know, because that's like a vibe, right? And I notice like even the cashiers when they're like, sorry, sorry. And I'm like, I'm so happy to stand still. Please don't apologize to me. We talk about slowing down on the show, but another kind of through line is is always about self-love in different ways we can, can offer more self-love. And to me, that sounds like an act of self-love. Making an action that eliminates expectations so that you don't have the stress and the rush and you're just kind of letting yourself be so that, that you turned an experience that is traditionally kind of nerve wracking and stress inducing and you're you've made it work in a way that works for you and is calm and probably helps everyone around you. Yes, agreed. And and it's it was intentional for those all those reasons. Love it. And where can people go to find out about all the good work you're doing here in Pittsburgh? 
Yeah, so the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police has um, a Facebook page where every Monday there's a synopsis uh, highlighting all of the events that the Community Engagement Office has participated in in the prior week, including photographs um, from all around the city. It's facebook.com slash Pittsburgh Police. Awesome. We will post that on our Facebook page, directing people to the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police Facebook page. Sergeant Tiffany Klein-Costa, thank you so much for slowing down with us today. You got to slow down with us. Yeah, I did. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for the platform. This, this is fun. And now for your slowdown skill. So I remember being in a really down place a couple months ago and a friend of mine recommended that I write a love letter to myself and I read it daily. And I did that and I hung it up on my fridge and I read it whenever I'm doubting my work. So your slowdown skill is to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen or pencil and write a love letter to yourself and read it daily. And if that is challenging for you, you're worth getting support. One of the things I feel super passionate about is making it easier for other people than it was for me. And Casey and I are totally here for you. For you Lady Slowdown fans, enrollment is on for our Love Yourself virtual group program for women. All you've got to do is go to thelove.school. That's the love.school. Read that page and see if the Love Yourself program feels right for you. So just go over to the love.school and enroll in our new program if that resonates with you. And now for your slowdown song. Today, our slowdown song comes from Sean Lauer, and his song is by Elliot Smith. It's called Angel in the Snow. It is so beautiful, the guitar in that song. I felt like it just kind of took me over and I was only going to listen to a little bit of it and I listened all the way through because it was just so sad but soothing but I, it mellow. I think that's the word. It just mellows you out. Yeah, I was pretty mesmerized by the guitar work in the song. I just kind of closed my eyes and tuned into it and was like, how in the world can any human do that? <laughs> RIP Elliot Smith, you were one talented dude. Thank you so much, Sean. Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? I really liked exploring the different ways that doubting your worth can show up. It's like, I knew there was a lot, but we got to discuss all the different angles and it kind of just gave me this sense of relaxation in my body and almost like, ah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, the cards are kind of stacked against us, but I know skills and I've done a lot of work and self-awareness around being able to build up my self-worth. Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? When I spontaneously said that doubting your worth is a trap, because I didn't know I was trapped before, but now I can really see it as a trap. Like I see it as a trap in society, a trap in relationships, a trap with money, a trap with health. Like I can see how fuck, man, it's a trap. Don't go in there. <laughs> 
And that's why the inner world work around claiming your worth and honoring yourself and standing in your worth is so important. Because I think when we make these internal changes, it gives us the fuel to make the external changes. Ooh, well put. And Slow Down Trend, we always invite you to tell us your favorite part of today's show. We love all of your positive five-star reviews. So go ahead and give us one. In our next episode, slow the fuck down with taking yourself too seriously. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you love our show, become a patron. You'll get tons of goodies. Go to patreon.com slash slow the F down show and pick the tier that feels best to you. Thank you so much for your love and support. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.